2: The Leach Report Radio Network presents Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk on 630 WLAP. Interact with the show by calling 859-280-CATS. That's 859-280-2287.
1: Now, with Larry Vaught and Anthony White, here's Curtis Birch. Welcome back in Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Curtis Birch, Anthony White, Larry Vaught, Bo Robinson, all with you here today. We talked a ton of Kentucky basketball and basketball overall. In the first hour, we're going to talk some football this hour and various other topics, including some baseball and softball. Um, but first, let's get back to the phone lines. Dick from Dayton is on there. Good morning, Dick from Dayton.
0: Well, good morning. Curtis and Rob and uh, and uh, Bo, how are you? Rob? I'm in... I met Bo.
1: Okay, gotcha. That's you you're a famous sports talk uh caller, so you it's tough to keep all those producers straight. I know. We appreciate your call.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to tell you, uh just wanted to tell you, uh Curtis, I, I think they're gonna win today. The Reds I think they can you know, if they win this today they the only thing worries me, they go on the you know, they go away and they lose, but I think there's pretty good potential in this team, you know?
1: They've been uh, fun to watch. Uh, they've got a couple stars, I believe, and uh, they've been entertaining with um, their battles with the MLB um, offices yeah. as, as well. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for the call, uh, Dick. I, I think the Reds are, are fun to follow, Larry. I think what, they're like four games below five hundred at this point, in, where you don't really wanna wanna be there. But I think that they've got some to inter- some interesting guys to at least keep you watching.
0: I, I've got to play ignorance here. I've I've not seen the Reds play all, all season. I've read a little bit about them, but I have not uh, seen them. I, I can talk UK softball, but I really can't talk. Reds baseball because I guess us don't have the faith to want to start following them and just didn't get crushed by a ninety loss season. So I'll set the bow to your expertise here, Curtis.
1: Well, I don't pretend to be an expert. Anthony's the true baseball expert. What do you think about the Reds, Anthony?
2: Uh, Once they got rid of uh, well, my what was it? My one month, two, three weeks fandom when Yasiel Puig was over there. (laughs) Uh, that's about as far But isn't uh Phillips isn't he involved in the maybe the Legends
1: or something? I yes, I um, Brandon Phillips is a player owner. Um, from what I've read on okay. social media, <laughs> that's uh that's something that I, I you don't often hear. Uh, <laughs> I don't even think it's legal in in a lot of professional sports because that would. <laughs> well, no, no, I don't mean that like trying to knock the Legends, but I mean. I, Larry, maybe maybe I'm just losing my mind, but I feel like in the past there's been thoughts of, oh, we'll sign Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and they'll get a stake in ownership. And the league, you know, we'll give them like a piece of the team and then that'll, you know, because that's not part of their contract, but the value will be so high that they won't turn it down. And the, the leagues have been like, no, 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 we can't, we can't do that because – then that'll be a thing, and before we know it, you know, all the players will will, will own the team, which, in some cases, probably wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, but it that that's happened, right? Am I? It, those rumors and things have been discussed in the past at the like top level, but I don't think they've ever happened.
0: I don't think so either. I think there's been speculation, but never anything like that has happened. But but it might be kind of fun to see it happen. I, I'm one that kind of wouldn't uh, wouldn't mind it. Be interesting to see what all would happen if that. Uh, did, did go like that. I mean, it could, could create some pretty interesting scenarios, and it, it might make for more fun, even.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, you, you own part of a team, and then you get traded from that team, and then you're <laughs> facing the team you own. Who knows? That that would be that. Now that would be some spice. That would but, be but, some. Might,
0: might be hard. Might be hard to trade if you're part owner.
1: <laughs> well, but if you're a small part owner, and the rest of the 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 ownership group over or, you know overpowers you, then what? You know.
0: Well, that's true. They just have to buy you buy you out as a player and as an owner, both all on the same deal.
1: Probably, probably that would be the only way. Uh, uh, <laughs> that way, that happens. Uh, we just got a tweet in from Rob the Dad Bod on Twitter. Uh, Dick from Dayton said hi to Rob. Rob uh, from Dayton says hi back. There we go. So Dick from <laughs> Dayton Cold didn't purple. even did, didn't even know he was saying hi. Hi to Rob. Uh, <laughs> Alright, circling to some football chat this week, I thought there were a couple interesting things in, including a quarterback nugget uh, about Kentucky's, uh, that position for Kentucky next year uh, in addition to the fact that eight Wildcats earn Athlon preseason All-SEC honors. The names are ones you've come to expect. Darian Kennard, Josh Paschal, Chris Rodriguez, Luke Fortner, Yusuf Corker, DeAndre Square, Josh Ali are all on there. In addition to newcomer Wandale Robinson, how they went, it was Darian Kennard was on the first team, Josh Paschal second. On the third team, it was Rodriguez, Robinson, Corker, uh, and Fortner. And then they have a fourth team, which included DeAndre Square and Josh Ali. And now, Anthony, I'm going to throw it to you. On Twitter, Josh Ali took some exception to what position he was put on that fourth team. He is a fourth team specialist, not at wide receiver, and he thinks that he's going to prove some people wrong in that regard. That's cool. Take the chip on your shoulder. Uh,
2: I don't – and I know – Oh, and it's not not his fault i think it's just opportunities and you know the office ran for the past two years uh made it tough for him maybe to to showcase his skills so i'm cool with you having a chip on your shoulder and, and i'm even cooler with you proving everybody wrong you're coming out first team all-american and maybe heisman it.
1: yeah i think that uh they would take a heisman larry uh but uh the, his, his new offensive coordinator has his back because Ali, quote, tweeted the fact that he was named as a specialist and said, specialist, three question marks, disrespectful, the little emoji with the smoke coming out like your angry face. And that was replied to by Liam Cohen, who said, no idea what my guy is about to do with four exclamation points. So there you go, Larry, the OC believes in his dude.
0: Well, OC o- better believe he's <laughs> that's, that's, that's one thing for sure. And I, I, I'm like Anthony; I like to see Josh Ali kind of take exception to that. Now, I don't really know. He, he doesn't really have the numbers to be upset about it. If you're voting, I can see how he. I'm a little surprised he even got the fourth team specialist. To be honest with you, based on the opportunities he's had or not had in the past, but but I like it. I think that's when UK football has been their best when they had. Seem like they've kind of race and underdog role and all this success and notoriety they're getting worried me a little bit because it kind of takes away part of that edge that they've uh, had these past few years so I'm glad to see that Josh has got something to kind of motivate him and get him going and I, I think that's a good thing
1: You think uh, anybody else on this list is underrated, overrated?
0: Uh, wh- wh- where was Rodriguez? Third team yeah, I think he's underrated,
1: <laughs> Anthony. I bet you probably agree with that. Yeah, uh,
2: absolutely. I. It may just be the Kentucky title behind the name, but yeah, I. Okay, really been happy and surprised with first. Yeah, the third is. I. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, I don't. Uh, let's see the running backs ahead of him. Are Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M and Tank Bigsby? Oh, wait, there's two. Z- Zamir White. There's two running backs on on both of these teams, and Kevin Harris from South Carolina is also on the first team with with Spiller. So I think that uh, motivating Chris Rodriguez saying there's four better four running backs better than him. Is going to be good for Kentucky football, Larry.
0: Yeah, I think so too. That's why I'm saying I just don't see how you could have put him down there based on the numbers he put up last year. But but again, that, that's okay. You, you you don't make money with your preseason awards. You make you make your money with your postseason awards. So if I can give him a little bit of extra edge this summer, good. That, that, that's a good thing to have in there. And I but I would bet that Vince might point that out a time or two to Chris. At, Guys, I think there's four better backs than you just in the SEC. I bet Vince may kind of poke
1: him a little bit with that all during the summer. I think that there's a good chance of chance of that. Um, now, here's the other one that's that's interesting to me, Anthony, and to as we were talking about. You, you understand, you know, these are very tough decisions when you're ranking these things. They are preseason awards, but Wondell Robinson uh, being on on the third team is probably uh, when you make this list, probably. Eflon split some hairs there they knew he's super talented but hadn't done it in the SEC obviously do you think he'll outperform that or do you think that there's just that many talented receivers in the conference
2: I think he will outperform it uh, I also feel like um uh, kind of ask you that's a slap in the face to me to chris Rirema. It's kind of like he hasn't played this conference yet, and and I know he's going to he's going to outperform that. But Chris Rodriguez has done it on this level. And yeah, he split time with AJ, but you know, coming back, he's going to be the man. So I so if you're anticipating what he's going to do this year, uh, third uh, third team is preposterous. Mm-hmm. But by the same token, you give Wondell third team just based off of what your expectations are. So your expectation with Chris with twenty to twenty five carries. Should be second team at least, but yet you give Wandell third team off expectation on the, a team that just fired the offensive coordinator. We haven't thrown the ball very much in two years, but you give him third team off the expectation this year. But you don't give that same uh, you don't give that same uh, ability to Chris. So mm-hmm. no, but I, I think I think Chris uh, and and Wandell will both exceed those third round projections or third team projections.
1: Yeah, and Larry, we'll probably be able to talk about these a lot going forward. This is just, I think, the first one that that I've seen in these preseason uh, lists. Good balance, I will say overall. Just if you look at it, you got three really good defensive guys, four offensive, and technically one specialist with Ali in that uh, return role, according to this list. So that's that's got to be exciting. If you just you know look at it from okay, these are probably pretty good gauges of things, means you got some some stars on the offense and some stars on the defense, which is what, something you really have to have to succeed in conference.
0: Absolutely, and it's just nice to see so many Kentucky guys mention mm-hmm. that Athlon is always the, the first one to come out with something like this, or the first, or what I consider, credible one to come out with something like this. And, and those guys put a lot of time and thought into it. I mean, I'm sure they would have their reasons for why they have, like, Chris on the third team, but Kind of go along with Anthony's reasoning there. It just doesn't kind of make sense to me. But again, I, I'm okay with that because I kind of like them having some uh, uh, ammunition to kind of fuel them this summer. And I don't want all these big, lofty projections and predictions, or let, let those guys have to kind of be in no way, all summer working there to prove people wrong. Because it seems like they handle that type of thing a whole lot better than they do the prosperity. Sometimes to me,
1: yeah. Uh, I think that 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 could that can be the case. And just from, I mean, that's not, <clears throat> I don't think that that's necessarily specific to Kentucky football. It's anybody that is that age. <laughs> when you start getting pats on the back, you're not um, as motivated as when you're trying to get up to that level. So we're going to get to a break coming up after this. I'm going to let you guys hear, from, hear a clip from Brad White, and then we'll get the guys to comment from that. Coming up after that, we're going to talk about Uh, An interesting note about the Kentucky quarterback that is coming to campus soon. I'm Curtis Birch with Larry Vaught, Anthony White, Bo Robinson. You're listening to Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Welcome back in Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Curtis Birch, Anthony White. Larry Vaught, Bo Robinson, all with you here today. Got a chance to sit down with Kentucky defense coordinator Brad White this week. He gave a couple updates on things. He talked about how important spring practice was for the defense. Uh, Talked about how uh, J.J. Weaver is progressing in his rehab and looking good currently. Um, But... Uh, One thing that many people are kind of now looking at, since Jamin Davis had such success and made it all the way into the first round, it's kind of been, who's going to be that next guy? And so that's a question I asked him on the Behind Kentucky Football podcast. I think we have some candidates on that defense that can really elevate. Now, maybe not to the surprise that Jamin had, uh, but guys like Josh Pascal, Yusuf Corker, uh, DeAndre Square, you know, could really have those big Mm -hmm. breakout moments. And I think they're closer to, say, the the Josh Allens, where they've had really solid careers. And what you're looking for is that unbelievable final push, that final jump. And I think those guys, you know, have that ability uh, to have one of those historic years you know for their position group. Anthony White what do you think about Brad White's comments there and who do you think is going to be the breakout star of this year's Kentucky defense?
2: Oh I think he's absolutely on point I think these guys are returning a lot of talent Uh, and who do you I see. I, I'm not going to go with the Josh Pascal, and uh, you know we had I talked to Coach Stewart on, on my podcast, and I, I don't feel it's fair to leave him out, but I also don't feel it's fair to call him or, you know to give him a breakout or you know surprise because he's not going to be a surprise. But his name is always left out of the conversations. I think it, it if Weaver gets back, I, I like the things he's done, but I think it'll be Corker, man. I think I, I just think it's gonna be Corker. I think he's gonna uh, I think he's gonna make a difference. I think he's gonna turn the ball over some uh flip mm-hmm. the field for us a few times. And that's only because, like I said, I can't pick Josh Pascal because that's not a surprise and he does what's expected. But uh, uh Bully is the one that everybody yeah. I've talked to. His position coach, everyone I talk to, they're saying in practice that that our offensive line can't do anything with Bully. So I, I think it'll be Bully or, or, or Corker. I think Bully will make a huge stride, and you, it'll show up on draft day. But I think that Corker is going to be in the end game, you know, turning over, you know, turnovers, and, and some things you're going to hear his name called a lot on big plays. But I think Bully will probably be the biggest difference on that defense if I can't pick Josh
1: Pascal. Larry Vaught, what are you? what are your thoughts on the topic?
0: Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of with, with Anthony, and really with all those guys that Brad mentioned, they've all been really good. For sure. So I don't know that uh, if any of them had a big year that it would really surprise me. I think McCall would be the guy that would come closer to having a chance to be like what Jamin did because of the fact that he just didn't play as, as much last year as some of those other guys did. But even then, he's played more than what Jamin had coming into last year. I'm I'm, I'm just not sure. Sure, you, you find many times when you have a guy like Jamin Davis come in and, and do that, but th- there's a lot of guys out there that I could see having a, a, a year that gets even better. I mean,
1: mm-hmm. Josh
0: is a guy that always he gives you such great effort, but uh, I'm, I'm also thinking about a guy like Jordan Wright, who I think yeah. is catering, um, really becoming a big big-time player. I mean, he's become a very solid player, so he might be one that I would just pick might be a little bit more of a surprise to people because they maybe just hadn't paid quite as much attention to him, especially last year because of what Jamie did, all the focus is on him and, and should have
1: been. For sure. I think that all those names have, or, were right to be mentioned, as you talked about Jordan Wright. He's shown that big playability. Yusuf Corker was a, a has been a tackling machine the past two years, and everybody is obviously so pumped about Marquand uh, McCall coming up and stepping into a bigger role this season. So the Kentucky defense is going to be fun to watch. And if you'd like to hear more from Brad White, please check out the Behind Kentucky Football Podcast. If you'd like to interact with the show, hit us up at Sunday AM Sports. I'm Curtis Birch with Larry Vaught, Anthony White, and Bo Robinson. Coming up after this, we're going to talk about the a new Kentucky quarterback, Will Levis, and what he's been doing this offseason. This is Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Gonna fall. Welcome back in Kentucky Bank Sunday morning sports talk Curtis Birch Anthony White, Larry Vaught Bo Robinson all with you here today Bo
2: With the Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere
1: From earlier, um, I really
0: don't care when he can learn how to produce a radio show and he has a microphone. Jeez, he can make whoa. all the jokes he wants.
1: Whoa, makes. whoa, whoa! That was that was too hard. That was, that no, was it wasn't.
0: But I do appreciate you taking up for me and saying leave me alone. I just saw that on Twitter.
1: But Larry was was did, so We need to send uh, uh, some donuts to the to the studio to get Bo in a happy mood.
0: You know, or, or, or maybe just getting to get an inspirational, motivational call from his sister. She always calms him down. Listen, Does she, though? I, not <laughs> Sometimes, really. she, Sometimes. Enrages. she enrages <laughs> me.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, if you'd like to send a tweet in and, and get everybody up in arms, it's at Sunday AM Sports. You can also email us Sunday Morning Sports Talk at gmail.com. Anthony, I don't know if you got to see the headline or read the article. Uh, that was in the Athletic by Bruce Feldman. It was about uh, Rob Williams, who's kind of one of those who this is now really become an overused term, foot, uh, quarterback guru. But what makes him interesting is he's the he's kind of a a movement expert, kinesiology guy, and he focuses in on quarterback. And there's a connection. Uh, there's kind of a twofold uh, connection to Kentucky. He worked with Tanner Morgan, and Larry, I'm sure you remember that name. He was the quarterback at Ryle and went on to Minnesota and had a really good season after working with with Morris. Well, while he was at Minnesota and made all that improvement, the offensive coordinator at the time was impressed. Minnesota had a fantastic offense offense coordinator got a new position at Penn State. Of course, that's where Will Levis was. That offensive coordinator introduced all the Penn State QBs, to Williams, and that continued to they built that relationship and Levis has worked with him this offseason. Um, Anthony, I'm we'll start well, and I got some we'll I'll go through some more information from the article. But uh, I did want to ask you what are your thoughts on on these these kind of coaches the this one seems like where it's not it's mobility it's kind of like mechanic coaching which probably is a little bit different than some but these specialty coaches how, how big of an impact do they have on you know, foot, college football and things do you feel they're positive or negative or how, how what's your view on some of these kind of just as a broad topic
2: well, I just want to say you you put so much uh, emphasis and respect on the the fact that he has a degree in kinesiology, which is the study of the human kinetics, of the way the body moves and operates. Uh, there probably could have for years ago, for years you might have known somebody else who has a degree in kinesiology as well. So uh, if that if that impressed you that much, then we should just stop talking about my playing career and say he's a kinesiology. Uh, Graduate, like I I, I know how the body works. So let me say that first. Secondly, no, I think at this level in high school you're going to be better than a lot of people because you're stronger, faster. Once, especially in the SEC, once you get in the SEC, I think, and I've said this for years, uh, a a half a second, a millisecond is a difference between a big play. I mean, a hesitation for a second. So I, I do think there's something to it. If it, if it. Transitions. If
1: it doesn't, whoa!
2: I think that would help. But whoa. I, but I also think that
1: we lost if you there for a, change your. We lost you there for a second. Huh? You, yeah, we lost you for a second. You said if it doesn't, and then you cut out.
2: Oh yeah, if it doesn't take away from who you are, like people gotcha. trying to change your mechanics to where it messes up your timing and things. But if he can change his mechanics to, you know, take the release out of your uh, your your throw or something like that, I think it is, it's efficient. But sometimes people try to change the person's mechanics, which I did before I went to the combine. My running style and it hurt me. yeah. I mean, I should have just naturally ran how I ran because I'm I'm fast enough. But trying to you know concentrate on my body movement, it, it took away from me. But I, I think there's I think there's something something to it especially at the quarterback position, because if you have a hitch in your throw and the defensive back can read when you're about to release the ball, mm-hmm. then I, they give it, you know a split second, you know, give maybe a second or more uh, advantage on you. So I do think that there's an advantage to it if you can do it without losing who you are.
1: Yeah, Larry. I I don't know if you read it. It's something uh, the way it was was talked, and maybe you know Anthony White has just found this lucrative profession, and he'll be leaving us in a couple months to pursue this kinesiology degree and and help uh, quarterbacks throw better. Uh, but um, uh, there was some drawings and and different things, and the way I kind of read through it is, it, it's he. Maximizes because the, in the article it also talks about him working with Bo Nix and uh, actually Bo Nix's little brother who's still in high school, and he was describing them in in different ways, and one of the focuses with Levis, the way I understood it, was how he uses his hips because Levis has a strong arm, but uh, the said uh, Morris said he flicks or Williams said he flicks the ball, uh, and that's not ideal, and. Um, what he's trying to do. He was, there was a lot of talk about hip motion and, and various other things, but here's what the quote that was interesting uh, when talking about Levis uh, Feldman wrote, and this was paraphrasing what Rob Williams, the quarterback coach, had specifically to say about Will Levis was uh, called him a muscle car that had been modified with a large engine, but still needed to have the steering suspension and braking system upgraded to handle. And enhance the power uh so I think having a quarterback that is a muscle car would be kind of cool
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it certainly would be and, and the one thing I think I've learned over the years is never to think something can help or never to be surprised at what might help because one if a guy can just make somebody believe that, that it's helping them, that that can do it, and there's been so many changes in technology and techniques and all those kind of things than any more. I mean, I just kind of stay open-minded about it, and it seems like this guy's got a pretty good record with what he's done with some different people, so uh, maybe he's helped him that much. It'll be interesting to see when he gets here and we start hearing more about him, and we actually get a chance to see him, if we can tell that or not.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, uh, all these are interesting, Anthony, but then once you get get on campus and get in the competition, things can can quickly change. So I think it's a positive that he's obviously taken it so so personally that he's trying to improve. He's working with this guy. The other interesting aspect about this story is that all these – the guy's based out of Canada, and all of these are done via FaceTime and, and those kind of video things because, of course, over the past year, no one no one can could be together and, and crossing borders kind of specifically also – is tougher, so that was an interesting aspect of the story uh but uh we'll see what, once as Larry said we can kind of put his eyes, get our eyes on him, and the more importantly liam cohen can can see what he's working with
2: yeah yeah i I think it's all good The once the i guess only knocks or Uh-oh. some of the people they question after. That him seeking help, just in general, they said he's strong and a lot of other things. But people who watched him play at Penn State thought that that was his only weakness. Maybe uh, he lacked a little bit of accuracy. So the fact that he's getting help or you know working on that is fine. But I reiterate, if you are thinking about all these things and not just naturally playing, you're not the player you were. So. If, he, if the transition and he can help and make those transitions smoothly i, I, I think it'll it'll work wonders but I mean, apparently Cohen thinks it's a big deal because he's he brought him here and we're holding up yeah. the quarterback battle until the season starts so
1: yeah uh i think that that's a that's a really good point and we'll see where it all it all shakes out larry as we've learned over the past years um it's best to just kind of wait and see because these, these quarterback things haven't gone the way we thought they would, you know what I mean, over the, the past uh, seasons under under Stoops, guys. that we I think there's been pretty good uh, quarterback play overall, but they've did so many injuries and other things. I don't think they've been to the level that everybody obviously would want it to be, and, and that's evident by a, n- a new offensive coordinator, I think. But having... I think so many, we can, I think they're in a good spot because as we were talking about here, of course, Levis, because he's a big part of the article, Joey Gatewood, Bo Allen, it seems like you have a lot of, a lot of good op- options at that position, which we've talked about in the past.
0: We do, and I've got, uh, I'm glad you mentioned all this because I've got friends who have been badgering me for for us to give Anthony White a chance on Sunday morning to talk about this, so maybe, I know it'll be close to break, but maybe we come back, we can about team chemistry when you have a couple quarterbacks that have been around and worked hard and, and to try to get better, know the guys that have been with them and all. and then you bring in a transfer over the summer. What happens if, how does all that work with team chemistry? Can it split a team because different guys now are, or like to see this quarterback be the guy or not be the guy? And they kind of they, they want to know what Anthony, since he's been on that field and been in those locker rooms and things like that have happened, wanted his expertise on maybe best case and worst case scenarios on on things that can happen in this situation.
1: All right. Well, let's take that break. We'll let Anthony ponder the that thought, and then he'll share his his thoughts right after. This break. If you'd like to interact with the show, hit us up on Twitter at Sunday AM Sports. Email us Sunday Morning Sports Talk at gmail.com. Curtis Birch, Anthony White, Larry Vaught, Bo Robinson. This is Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Welcome back in, Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Curtis Birch, Anthony White, Larry Vaught, Bo Robinson, all with you here today. Talking about Kentucky football. Going into the break, Larry Vaught posed the question to Anthony White: What is, uh, how does it play in a locker room when you have some established quarterbacks and then a new guy that's coming in that also is going to be competing for that starting spot? So, Anthony, you got the, you had the break to gather your thoughts. What are you thinking?
2: Uh, first, I mean, you you stated uh, established quarterback, and that's not what I'm going to address because of the. That's a whole different story. If the quarterback has already established himself as a starter, then that's completely different. But mm-hmm. you're saying guys that they they're comfortable with, or guys they know, that guys that they're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, there there's some advantage to that, but there's also some disadvantages when you have you work with these guys. You got a little continuity, and you like how it goes. But uh, and Larry can probably remember he wasn't on the field with us, but can remember. Everyone loved Billy Jack Haskins. He. Uh, I believe he was Mr. Kentucky, and, you know, he could throw the ball. Uh, and I love him, man. The guy was gritty, had heart, and was a hell of a football player. Uh, but also knowing that Tim Couch was coming in, and you know, when Tim Couch got the opportunity, us on the other side, it's kind of like, man, I love Billy Jack. When Tim, Tim's a winner. They both are winners. But as far as the offense, you know, they changed, it, they altered a lot of things for Tim, and it worked out. I still, to this day, love both of them to death. But I think it does kind of, you know, you kind of resent. So you, but you only, the only caveat I say is that if you are going to bring a new person in, he has to wow you. Levis will have to wow the team and wow the coaches to the point where they're saying, "Man, this guy's just different," and they love him because the guys you you played with for two years, you've been in battle with, you worked out with. uh you know, you've, you've had dinner with, you've been over to their house, you know, you've know, had wrestling matches with. Those are the guys you're kind of comfortable with. And like I said, whether they're balls back or not, you're, you're familiar with the, their release. You're familiar with a lot of mechanical things with those guys. So uh, if a new guy comes in, he really has to wow you. So if Levis wins the position, uh, I think that the guys will be cool with it as long as it, uh, it comes out and if victories comes out in wins or, or or production on the offense, but if it's tight and you're splitting hairs to find out who the quarterback is going to be, and they give it to Levis, I think it it will be a little fragile. If if he's not clear cut and is by you know the skin of your teeth, I I, I think the it, it was the locker room will, will be fragile because I, I don't think Levis has made friends yet. So even at the end of the day, outside of the quarterback position. The guys competing obviously probably Joey and both have more friends on the team than uh than will will have
1: there you go larry
0: okay that's that's a good answer anthony and, and i I just didn't really have an idea never thought about that because every year teams bring in different guys that you're going to compete for every position but I thought well, quarterback is kind of different, and as you said that that makes a lot of sense if he's clearly better and you know and you know you' he's going to win games for you. Everybody's going to be cool with that. If you're sitting there thinking, "Well, I think Bo still is just as good," and I'm sitting there thinking, "Well, I think Joey looks a little bit better to me than what he did," and Curtis is saying, "No, I think it's Will." Then you probably got trouble.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a dynamic, Anthony. To to your point, that happens. You know, a, a lot of times it it, it it happens very often in college football. So it's something that I guess the one positive things it's college coaches are kind of used to it, right? I guess the interesting dynamic here is it'll be Coach Cohen's first time dealing with it since his time back – well, first time dealing with it as an SEC coach. He obviously coached in college before going to the Rams, but this will uh, this will be at a, a completely different level. So I think that, that – how big a part will that play into it, how Cohen, I don't know, not <laughs> communicates with the team about this quarterback decision? How important is that?
2: I think the fact that he's a new coach, he he doesn't have any uh, loyalty, not 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 in a bad way. He doesn't have any loyalty yeah. to any of the quarterbacks. So it's kind of an open battle that everybody's getting a fair shot. We know Levis has not have been in the locker room; it's just now entering the locker room. But he may make friends immediately. But the, I think it helps. I think it helps Cohen and uh, those guys that now. Uh, he's making the decision. There's no favoritism. He doesn't know any quarterback more than other. He should be going base, basically off production. And uh, picking up the offense, that's going to be the one big thing. And I will give him a little time. So if the first two or three weeks doesn't work out, I will give him some time because right now he just wants these guys to pick up the game plans and know where to go with the ball. Now, they're a little whoever picks it up the fastest will be the starter. I don't care if they're the better thrower or not. I think whoever knows where to go with the ball first mm-hmm. will get will will, will win the knob. But that doesn't mean they're going to finish the season. But I think it's in uh Cohen's favor that you know he's a new coach, so he he doesn't have to worry about hurting anybody's feelings because uh, to him everybody's new.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great point, Larry. That he he, he, he no one can accuse him of him of having like a favorite <laughs> because everybody's new to him.
0: Yeah, that's, that's right. The only uh, I guess factor that would be in there that you could say maybe is the fact that he did recruit Will. He didn't yeah. recruit the other two. He inherited them. He did recruit Will. So, so does that make a difference? And, and again, every team has to deal deal with this. Sometimes it works pretty well. Sometimes it doesn't work so well. And I don't know whether that comes from the players, whether that comes from the coaches. Or what makes it sometimes work okay? Whether just as you said, Anthony, if you know the guys clearly better, then it just works.
2: Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's... winning. And we said it plenty <laughs> times on the <this> show: winning <laughs> cures everything.
1: <laughs> that's exactly what I was gonna say. Everybody's happy if uh, if you're getting some. Well, that's not completely true. More people are happy when you're getting those wins, and because you're having success on the field, meaning guys are guys are probably having success for themselves. Personally, in most instances, plus when it's just fun. So, uh, well, it's crazy to think about, but it'll just be a couple weeks, and these guys will mostly be on campus, and we'll start hearing more from them and hearing more from the coaches on what they're seeing from those guys. So, just stay tuned, and we'll continue these, these conversations. All right, we're going to get to another break in the next hour. We're going to talk some NBA playoffs, we're going to talk some Kentucky softball. They got Hopefully two big games today, and Kentucky baseball finished their regular season yesterday. Curtis Birch, Larry Vaught, Anthony White, Bo Robinson. This is Kentucky Bank's Sunday Morning Sports Talk.